This podcast is being brought to you in part by the veteran-founded Hero Soap Company, located in Phoenix, Arizona. In today's environment, we must be aware of the products we apply to our skin. As a two-time cancer survivor, I cannot afford to take chances, and I use these products myself. The soaps will leave you feeling clean and refreshed. All the products made by the Hero Soap Company are made in the United States with the highest quality ingredients sourced from companies in the United States whenever possible. The products are made in small batches to ensure high quality and contain premium essential oils and fragrance. All Hero Soaps are created without synthetic colorants, parabens, and sulfates that are irritating to the eyes, skin, mouth, and lungs, and are cruelty-free, meaning these products are not tested on animals. Each 5-ounce bar of soap is handmade in Phoenix, Arizona, and the body wash is available in 8 ounces with such refreshing scents as the woods, tea tree, lavender, the fields, bourbon, lime, the pines, and arctic. You will absolutely love this soap. Please also check out their gear for sale. All the products are reasonably priced. Being veteran-founded, the company understands the dedication and sacrifice that each family makes to serve their country. A portion of sales is donated back to charities that are focused on helping veterans and our first responders. Over 1,200 bars have been sent to our deployed troops. Please check out their website, HeroSoapCompany.com, for pricing and a detailed description of all the products. When ordering, use the code RAP for a 10% discount. The company information will be listed in the podcast notes and featured on the podcast website, Facebook group, page, and the podcast Instagram. Welcome, everyone. It's a wrap with Rap. I am your host, Ron Rappaport. Before we start, I would like to thank all our listeners, sponsors, and supporters that have helped to make this podcast so successful. The podcast is being heard in all 50 states, all provinces of Canada, and over 45 countries around the world. Once again, thank you so much for, for all you do. And I would appreciate it if you could please share the podcast with your friends, your family. That would be so much appreciated. This podcast features people who have overcome life's challenges and adversities, people who can inspire, motivate, and educate us on an assortment of topics. My guest today is Christina Lennon. Christina is a world-renowned professional hypnotist, television personality, author, keynote speaker, and media source. Christina has been named the world's best hypnotist by CBS and is possibly best known for hypnotizing the likes of Simon Cowell and Drew Barrymore. For over 20 years, she has also worked as an executive coach and hypnotist for a private client base. A decision to put her own coaching skills to the test on herself precipitated her rise to fame in 2014 with her comedy hypnotist show alongside the world's only hypno dog. Interest quickly followed and highlights of her successful TV appearances include Britain's Got Talent, which got 11.9 million viewers and Challenge. The Impossible aired in China and The World's Best aired in Russia. Her YouTube views exceed 100 million. By day, Christina is a highly sought after mindset guru, combining her coaching skills and hypnosis to first create the mindset of success and then to imprint it into the subconscious mind. By night, she can be found on stage with her hypnodog princess, wowing crowds with her hypnotic prowess. She is regularly booked across the globe for TV, radio, and other media appearances. From Leeds, United Kingdom, welcome, Christina, to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> that was a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have so many accolades. CBS <laughs> has called you the world's best hypnotist. How did you get that title? 
Um, I think I got that title, to be honest, from being on so many TV shows about hypnosis. So, you know, I think producers do a quick Google search and find somebody that's been on TV a lot. And then to I also have an O1 visa for America as somebody with exceptional talent and ability in my field. So I suppose that helps. Okay, makes sense. Now, Christina, have you ever been hypnotized and what sparked your interest in the subject in the first place? Yes and yes. Uh, Well, yes. And it's the same event, really. I was pregnant with my son, who is now 20, nearly 27. And I found out he's going to be a big baby. And a friend of mine did stage hypnosis. And he said he could hypnotize me. So I had virtually pain-free birth, which obviously piqued my interest. And I had a hypnosis session. I thought, I've got nothing to lose. And I was absolutely amazed by the results. I'd go as far as to say it saved my son's life because it I hit complications and the midwives could not believe how calm I was. And it was an amazing birth and my son was fine. And I, after that, I just thought I need to be able to do this. So I was already studying counseling, psychotherapy. So I thought it was just a natural add-on for me. Yeah. So it was great for you and you figured uh, you would just help other people. Mm, Yeah. I wanted that scale. I wanted that power. (laughs) Yeah. Now, can anybody be hypnotized or are there some who can resist it? So anybody can be hypnotized. Um, A hypnotist's job is to get you to what we call a theta state. And we naturally go in and out of theta state multiple times a day. Uh, We go in theta state on a morning just before as we're waking up as we're going to sleep on a night. A theta state is where you're driving to work and you've got you arrive at work and you've got no idea how you got there. You were in a trance. That's a theta state. So everybody can go into that state. We do go into that state multiple times. As a hypnotist, it's my job to get you to that state. Um, I use my voice to get you to that state. So if you can't hear me, that poses is a bit of a problem (laughs) or if you can't understand me in any way or you're not comprehending what I'm saying so anybody that's of low intelligence or can't hear me it's going to be a lot more difficult for me to get you to that stage doesn't mean you can't achieve it on your own or by different methods just that I can't get you there so yes everybody can be hypnotized um If, for instance, I say to you, I'm going to hypnotize you and you don't want to be hypnotized, you'll just not follow my instructions. If I ask you to take a deep breath, you won't take a deep breath. So you can, you, if I tell you that that's what I'm going to do, that I'm going to hypnotize you, obviously you can decide not to follow my instructions. However, if I don't tell you I'm going to hypnotize you and I want to hypnotize you, I can use some more covert methods. Okay, so you're you're you can basically do it uh, as far as you're as far as you go by mm-hmm. voice. Yeah, but yeah. you can't do it by say hand signals or something like that. Not really, not unless I'd already hypnotized you to respond to those hand signals. Okay, so Christina, what tell our audience what is the difference between hypnosis and hypnotherapy? So the main difference is the therapy. When somebody is trained in hypnotherapy, they should have, I say should because not always, they should have some form of therapy background. And the methods are slightly different. When you're hypnotizing on stage, you're working with 15 people. And what is important is speed and the depth of the hypnosis. When you're working with hypnotherapy, it's more ease of the client and the results that are important. So it's slightly different in what you do. Obviously, when you're doing hypnotherapy, you're not going to make your clients do anything silly or funny. That's that's not what you're there for. Right. So the the objective is slightly different and the methods are very slightly different. What are the areas in which hypnotherapy would be helpful? 
Wow. There are so many areas where hypnotherapy is helpful. It doesn't mean that every hypnotherapist is going to be successful with those areas. If somebody wants hypnotherapy, I always advise them to search for somebody that's an expert in the particular area. Say like if you want a hypnotherapist for anxiety, search for somebody that's an expert in that area. Um, There's been lots of experiments done and top of the charts is IBS. Things like IBS and anxiety are brilliant for hypnosis. Um, but it's it's anything that needs to change the programming of your mind or you know change the way you think, the way you feel, hypnosis can help with. Uh, pain relief. There's just so many, so many different areas, really. Okay, for our audience, IBS, I believe you're referring to irritable bowel syndrome. Yes. Okay. And one of one of our listeners had a question. Uh, apparently, there's somebody in the family or a friend that has uh, they bite their nails. It's mm-hmm. it's a bad habit. Would hip would hypnotherapy help in that case? Yeah, we're changing a habit. Anything where you're changing your programming, your habits can be easily changed with hypnotherapy with a good hypnotherapist. Right. <laughs> and there's probably some not so good ones out there. I'm sure. Oh, there's loads. Loads. Yeah, it's yeah. you can be there's no in the UK at least there is no regulation so you can do a weekend course and set up and try you know be a hypnotherapist no matter what your results you can be a hypnotherapist um in other countries I believe you have to be regulated and maybe licensed in America but in the UK you don't but even licensed therapist it doesn't mean they're any good right is there a uh like an association that people can call to get uh, good referrals? The associations, again, are just a body. I don't, I'm not assigned to any association. Um, When I see who's sort of monitoring me, they are not as qualified as me and not experienced as me. I just don't see the point. Um, Nobody tends to ask for anything like that. No clients do. Again, look at the results, look at their reviews, their testimonials, the results they're getting before you go with anybody. That's the best advice I can give, really. Okay. Now, Christina, is meditation and yoga, is that the same as hypnotherapy to some extent? Well, yoga is exercise. Meditation is a similar thing. Um, To make hypnosis hypnosis, there needs to be phenomena firstly which means phenomena is something a bit kooky a bit you know um so for instance i will tell clients to look at a spot on the ceiling and they will feel their eyes getting heavier once they feel their eyes getting heavier that is what we call phenomena they are responding to something a suggestion i've given yeah if i lock someone's fingers together or hands together that's a phenomena if I can make myself invisible, that's a phenomena. So for it to be hypnosis, there needs to be phenomena, firstly. But as well, meditation doesn't include suggestion. There's no suggestion with meditation. It's just a quietening of the mind. Right. So it can be similar to some methods of hypnosis, yes. But other methods of hypnosis, rapid induction is nothing like meditation. Nothing like yoga either? No, no. Okay. Which is easier to hypnotize, Christina, an individual or a group of people? Because I know you work with groups of people. I read your book, awesome book, very entertaining, loved it. And Thank I know you. you do. I know you do groups. Yes, and you do yes. them fairly fast. Yes, yes. I would say it's it's six of one half dozen of the other. Really, um, a group. If you've got a good group, is amazing because people affect the others. However, if you've got a bad egg in that group that's that's not a brilliant subject, that can negatively affect the group. Um, but generally, groups are easier. I am not going to work with one person on stage and get as good a result as I would if I worked with 15 people. Okay. So it's things that you need to do with stage hypnosis the level of depth you get works better when you've got a lot of people because the 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 pressure from the other people 
you know, helps the process, so to oh, speak. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. So how long does it take to put someone under, or, or again, does it vary person to person? It varies person to person. I can put somebody under within a few seconds. Um, somebody else might take 20 minutes. And very often people are under the impression that some people can't be hypnotized because they see a stage show and they see maybe five, 10 people get sent back. And the reason why the hypnotist sends people back is for multiple reasons. They might be dressed inappropriately that when they fall on the floor or something that, you know, they're going to reveal themselves, you'll send them back. They might be distracted. They might not be able to focus. They might not be funny. You know, if you're doing a stage show, you want people to be funny. If they're boring and dull, you get rid of them. Yeah. And what you tend to keep is the people that are entertaining, that are dressed appropriately, and that go under hypnosis quickly. If I've got five subjects that they are under within 10 seconds, it doesn't matter how good the rest are, I'm going to send them back because people are there to be entertained so if I've got five good subjects, that's all I need. The rest can go. Okay. So here's a question that a lot of people ask. What happens if a person doesn't wake up from the hypnosis? How, do, how does that work? There isn't, that's not a scenario. No? That wouldn't, no. So basically it, hypnosis is kind of a bit between sleep and awake. So if I was hypnotized, doing a hypnotherapy session with you now mm -hmm. and, um, and we were right in the middle of it and the internet was to drop, what would happen is if you were towards the awake end of the scale, you after a couple of minutes, you'd be thinking, oh, she's stopped talking. What's happening? And you'd open your eyes and you'd be like, what's happening? If you were near the asleep end of the scale, you'd probably fall asleep and you'd wake up an hour or depends what I suppose what time of day it is if it, if it was right before your bedtime you might wake up in the morning if it was in the morning you'd probably wake up half an hour an hour later and think wow I fell asleep that's it so it, either way it's not going to happen on stage shows um which is where this has come from this this common misbelief is when people are going through a lot of trauma in their lives, hypnosis can feel so good that they don't want to open their eyes. So when you say to people, open your eyes, they just don't want to. They're enjoying the process. And all that you do is go up to them and say, if you want to feel like this, I can make you feel like this again when you go to sleep and they'll wake, they'll open their eyes. But it's, it's not a thing. You can't get stuck in hypnosis. Which I want to tell our audience, I did ask Christina if she could hypnotize myself or you know, maybe a guest on the show. And uh, due to legal ramifications, we couldn't go that route. Let's put it it's, that way. Well, what would happen is if you had a listener that was driving and yeah. that tuned in after the warning, you yeah. know, that just yeah. tuned in and just started listening to the beginning of the induction, we sure. could cause a fatality. So yeah. <laughs> you will yeah. never, ever see an induction on TV, on the radio, or anything for that reason. Good point. Mm -hmm. So, Christina, you appeared on Britain's Got Talent, which yes. is similar to America's Got Talent. Mm -hmm. How did they find you and tell us about Princess, the hypno-dog, and does Princess have superpowers? Because Princess uh, hip hypnotized, I well, I know Princess hypnotized Simon Cowell, mm -hmm. and I guess Drew, Drew Barrymore as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So if yeah. you can if you can tell us about that, that's that's very interesting to hear. So Hypnodog does not have any superpowers, I'm afraid. Oh, she darn is it. <laughs> I wanted to buy that dog. <laughs> I've had many offers. <laughs> so she doesn't have any superpowers. It's covert hypnosis. I use covert hypnosis to make them believe. However, I've had instances where I turn up to a venue with the dog and they've already seen the posters or they've read about. I would like to break away for a moment to tell all those out there who want to cook easy and delicious vegan meals, but do not know how. The book, Veganify, is a game changer. It includes 200 ridiculously tasty, simple recipes that everyone will love. Your taste buds 
don't know what they're missing. A vegan diet decreases your chance of cardiovascular disease by 20%. Vegans have a lower risk of heart disease, cancer, and obesity. Plant-based products contain no cholesterol. The average cholesterol level of a vegan is 161 compared to 210 in non-vegans. Reducing the intake of animal products also means reducing saturated fats, which are notorious for clogging skin pores. Plus, many of the vitamins, pigments, and phytochemicals in fruits and veggies contribute to healthy skin. Given the little amount of calories fruits and veggies contain, you will be able to eat tons of healthy food without worrying about surpassing your caloric limit. It is a great way to avoid eating processed foods. The Veganify cookbook has teamed up with the most influential family of plant-based chefs to bring you 200 delicious vegan recipes. This is what you get when you purchase the digital book. The 200 recipes include categories that will help you indulge in whatever you are craving. Whether you want a delicious sandwich, just a snack, or a full dinner, we have you covered. Easy meal prep instructions. All the ingredients are simple foods that you can easily find at your local store, and the instructions are simple and easy to follow. No weird kitchen utensils and no pretentious language to deal with. The book includes a run-through of some of the ingredients and their benefits so you can know the nutritional value of what you are eating. The book is for anyone serious about thriving on a vegan diet and taking action, such as struggling vegans, busy people, those who love to cook, and non-vegans who want to add more veggies to their diet. The book includes a 100% money-back guarantee and sells for the low price of $19.99. Start 2023 on the right foot. Veganify your life. All the information pertaining to the book and ordering information will be listed in the podcast notes. Uh, And as soon as I I once walked into a venue, somebody was eating a bag of crisps and I walked in with the dog and they looked at the dog and within a couple, I wasn't paying any attention. I was speaking to the venue manager. I turned around and I just see this woman falling off a chair onto the floor and she fell into a trance because she believed The dog had powers. The dog was staring at her and her own internal dialogue did that to her. So it it can happen. So, you know, the question is, is it the dog? Is it the person? Is it me? Who knows? (laughs) Answer that as you will. So, no, she doesn't have a special power. She's a normal German Spitz that has an intense stare. I noticed she stared a lot and I just thought that's, that's perfect. That's what you need. And she's being trained then to stare at people whilst they're eating, which is what most people train their dog not to do. Um, but we encourage that because it was needed for the show. And well, how I... did I get on Britain's Got Talent? Oh, yeah. I yeah. So I was I decided to become a stage hypnotist and I booked some shows at university circuits in the UK. And I decided the best way to promote the show was to get some publicity from the media. So I wrote some press releases for the media and somebody got in touch with me and wanted to film the show. They did, which was my first ever performance um, of hypnosis that went well, amazingly. So Britain's Got Talent was your first? No, no, it was a, it was, it was a, a venue in Leeds, but that's where the press filmed it. And that was the first time it ever went well. Um, The second time was filmed for German TV. And then the third time was Britain's Got Talent. So Britain's Got Talent got in touch, asked me to go on the show. They have all these Got Talents have international acts that they invite, that are professionals, or they have people they invite on. They invited me on and I declined because... I wasn't a professional. I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they persisted and um, offered me dressing rooms, offered, you know, I didn't have to wait with anybody and offered me some perks, so to speak. So in the end, I just thought, why not? Let's let's have a go. <laughs> well, I will tell our audience, go on YouTube and uh, put in Christina Lennon. She spells her name a little bit different. Oh, Hypno Dog. That'll be easier. Hypno Dog. Uh, mm-hmm. Christina spelled K R Y S T Y N A. And check this dog out, Princess, because she does have a certain stare when she sees mm-hmm. you and you can look into her eyes. And it's not like a typical dog that you would find on the street. You know, it mm-hmm. does have that uh, uh, that stare. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
You did mention the term covert hypnosis. Can you, can you expound on that just a tiny bit, what, what that is? So overt hypnosis is where I say, right, I'm going to hypnotize you now and I'll take you through some certain steps. I may, you know, I may ask you to close your eyes, that kind of thing. Covert hypnosis is where I'm not really telling you that I'm hypnotizing you. I'm using, and I might not even get you to close your eyes, I'm using neuro-linguistic programming. So I'm working on linguistics. So for instance, with the dog, I everybody that is going to be hypnotized, so we'll choose some volunteers, you know, out of the audience in the queue. And they are told they're going to be hypnotized by a dog. So already they're partially convinced because it's a big TV show or it's a show. So there must be some truth in it. You know, right, they're right. like, there's, there's, there's a seed of doubt there sure. that already. So that is phase one. They're already, I've already planted the seed. When I turn up to a venue, I will say to people, you know, backstage, I'll be like, you can't see the dog. I will always do something where the dog comes out with me. And then there's a big drama like, oh, my God, get the dog away. And everyone's like, oh, my God, is it really that powerful? And we'll do little things like this. So they're they're starting to get a little bit nervous. Yeah. yeah? They're starting to like, oh, God, is this real? Then I'll take them through some instructions. When we go on the stage, I want you to kneel on that cross out there. When you kneel on the cross, I want you to kneel up. Why do I want them to kneel up? I don't tell them this bit. It's because kneeling up is difficult. It makes you wobble. Yeah. If I knelt them down, sat comfortably, they'd never wobble. They'd never have a little trigger in their head. I make them kneel up. So eventually they're going to start to wobble. Yeah. They're going to start to sway. I then tell them that when they fall, be careful not to bang their head on my chair leg. So I'm I'm already telling them when they fall, they are going to fall. I'm presupposing. Right. I'm again giving them a suggestion in a covert way. Then when they go out, we have the dog off stage. We bring the dog on. I then point the dog away and I then tell Princess to look. When Princess, I'll turn around, they're knelt there already. You know, they're going to start wobbling. Right. When I tell Princess to look, she believes she's getting ham. Yeah? Yeah. So her pupils dilate. Uh, So you imagine you're stood knelt up. You've got all these people watching you. This magic dog that you don't know whether there's magic or not has been turned around. And then when I say look, her pupils dilate. The spotlight's on the stage, which makes it look like her, her eyes are lit up. You're starting to wobble. The internal dialogue in your head is already like, oh, my God, what's happening? What's happening? Then you've got to stare at this dog in the eyes, which is difficult. Your eyes are going to start to blink. And this is where the whole process, that internal dialogue is going, oh, my God, oh, my God, something's happening. Something weird's happening. Oh, my God, the dog's eyes have lit up. And you have that internal dialogue. And before you know it, boom, the damn. You're, you're, you're down. I always choose the best person first the one that i think is going to go quickest because however the first one goes the rest follow suit it's like a domino effect yes so i like i said i read the book uh under the book is titled i believe it was your first book under the influence of memoirs of a canine hypnotist and her Mm -hmm. human correct yes okay again uh very very entertaining book and we'll have some links in the podcast uh uh, for that, whoever wants to pick the book up, and she has other books too. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. So tell our audience what happened on Burton's Got Talent. Uh, there, there's a couple incidents I want you to mention. Uh, number one uh, was the Simon Cowell incident. Mm-hmm. And number two, uh, the two hosts of the show, something happened with them, uh, which mm-hmm. was mentioned in the book. Can you tell our audience what happened with that? So um, when I went on stage, I'd given people suggestions. There was, there's the two hosts that are at the side of the show. In the UK, that's Ant and Deck. Um, it's it, it's a celebrity in every TV show. Um, so Ant and Deck are the co-hosts. They were hypnotized and they came out, you know, they were with the other people. We hypnotized them. The first few people were told that 
um, that everybody was given different suggestions, but the first few people were told that like they forgot the number seven. The second group of people were told the first few people were naked. And then the third group of people were told there's a really bad smell. Mm. So after I'd hypnotized and Britain's Got Talent just did the standard dog bit, that's all they should. So we did the dog bit and I sent my subjects backstage because I was a rookie. I didn't really, you know, it was all new to me. I forgot to remove suggestion. So they all went backstage and I was judged and I got four yeses. And then Simon Cowell said, can you hypnotize anybody? You know, can, can we try? So I said, yes. And I was told that David Williams would come up, which is a bit of a game for a laugh, and he'd just have a bit of a laugh and a joke with me. That is not what happened. Simon Cowell said he was coming up. And it was a bit of a trauma. It wasn't shown on the show, but he was there for ages. And by this point, we'd been filmed the whole day. The dog was tired. She wouldn't look at anybody by this Mm. point. She wouldn't look at him. And he, at first, he wouldn't sit or kneel. And eventually I got him to his knees. (laughs) So he would (laughs) kneel. Sounds like Simon. Yes. And eventually he stormed off back to his seat and was like, it didn't work. It's just a dog with a really long tongue. So off he went. I then sort of, you know, turned around, went backstage and I was met by my manager who said, oh, my God, you need to go and get the volunteers. They're all nearly fighting. And I was like, what happened? So the first the group of people fought Ant and Deck, the the co-hosts were naked Wow. So I and they were then going mad at Ant and Te- Deck saying, Yo, you guys are naked. This is a family show. It's disgusting. My kids watch <laughs> this. And yeah. they were nearly fighting and it was a chaos. So I was going to see to them. And then a producer ran and said, you need to come on back on stage. Simon Cowell's collapsed. At which point I was just like, let me just you know, get out of here as quickly as possible. My insurance is not going to cover this. (laughs) And then she said, bring your dog. So I was like, okay. So I went back on stage to rapturous applause. Simon Cowell is slumped on his desk. There's paramedics, there's his security and everything. And everybody's sort of clapping. Some people are booing, some people are screaming. It was just chaos. So I went down and I took it like a normal ab reaction and I woke him up in the normal way and he woke up. We had a bit of a laugh and a joke and everything was fine. Um, and that then went viral in the press. I think it ended up in the Hollywood Times, even in America. That went viral across yeah. the world. So it's so. safe to say Simon is going to remember you. I would think so, yes. He actually yeah. sent one of his PAs backstage to get my number, but hasn't rang. So if you're listening, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> now, you have been on shows globally. You've been uh, yes. on Russian TV, China TV, Germany, the United States. Were there travel issues concerning Princess? And uh, which show was the most challenging for you? Because I know you have to take the dog and there's all these quirky things you have to do with an animal Mm, yeah so travel is always a drama always um it's it's okay if it's uk if it's europe i can drive and very often if a tv show in say like germany asked me to go i'll opt to drive even though it might take me two or three days um as soon as airports are concerned then we start the drama um, it's expensive to take a dog. You know, in America, I think you can just take your dog on the flight. In the UK, you can't do that. It needs to go with luggage. Um, it's very expensive. It can be 10 grand to take your dog, like, to America if you do it properly. Um, and there's just always drama. When we've done TV shows in Europe and we've flown there, We've had, we've got to places and then they've not done the right things that they were supposed to do. And we've been stuck and we've had to get back in crazy ways. In China, that was one of the most challenging. Um, The TV show was called Challenge the Impossible, but the whole process was pretty impossible from start to finish. I was in a hotel where there were no dogs allowed, so I had to sneak her in and out. 
Um, when we decided when it was time to come home, my it was actually my vet had made a mistake and not done a blood test, which meant that Princess was then quarantined for three months. Um, we did manage her to get her back to the UK and she was quarantined in the UK for three months, but still it was, you know, it was a very traumatic time trying oh, to figure out how we were going to get her back and everything. But there's always drama, always. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Now, to, to make <laughs> yes. a suggest to people to do something like running within a certain time, what what you're trying to 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 accomplish, does it have to be within the realm of possibility? In other words, you can't take uh, a 70 year old man who's overweight and make him run fast. No, it's it's within the realms of possibility, definitely. Okay. You know, um, if you've never run a marathon before, I'm going to give you suggestions. It doesn't mean you're going to wake up with an athlete's body the next day and be able to <laughs> run a marathon. Yeah. Right. It means that you're more likely to be able to do something. So, it, you know, we can push you beyond. We can, we can rapidly, you know, we can increase the the possibility of something happening massively. We can make things happen quicker. You know, healing can happen so much quicker. You know, you're not going to wake up next door and be healed from an operation. You know, you're not going to wake up next morning and it's like, oh my God, I'm healed. But for instance, I had an operation and all the doctors and nurses commented on how quickly I healed. When the usual was a month, I was healed at like two weeks. So it's not a miracle but it's the nearest you're going to get. I think it's, it's, it was, it's to me, hypnosis is human miracle. It's amazing. The things it can do. Um, but it, you know, and in some cases I am astounded at results, really I'm astounded at results. Uh, I know I, I read something, uh, that you can hypnotize, say somebody really fast if you cause confusion or yeah uh can you tell our audience a little bit about that i know you can like go to a counter where you're paying for your you know for your food or whatever and just kind of talk to people in a certain way and get them to Hmm. you know yeah so a sentence i always use is did you did you drive here or did you bring a packed lunch because people are like, uh, and it, it's a confusion sentence. Right, right. Whatever I say after that sentence is will go straight into your subconscious mind. Okay. Because your conscious mind is so focused on that sentence and working out that your subconscious mind is not guarded. So people will, you know, get people to focus on their hand and, you know, touch them. And so the brain's like, oh, what's happening? What's happening? And then they'll just yank them and go sleep. It's like a bit of a shock induction because your brain's focusing on all these different things that we can, then, you know, we can then make you go to sleep. So people, if you search on YouTube, you'll see videos of people being robbed under hypnosis and they use shock tactics, they shock inductions and things like that, that they can literally put them under in seconds and it's temporary. It's not, it's not going to last, you know, an hour. It's going, it's going to give you a minute at max, you know, maybe 30 seconds, but in some circumstances, that's all you need. No but wallet, if you've got, no purse. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And if you've got a very suggestible person, then your results are going to be better. Christina, do you hypnotize yourself? And if you do, for what reason? I have been hypnotizing myself until I, since I learned the skill. It was hypnosis is best with yourself because you don't trust anyone more than yourself. Um, so my v- voice is more effective. Um, but I have used hypnosis on myself from day one. As soon as I learned the skill, I, I don't use self-hypnosis, i.e. I don't do it on the spot. I record a session for myself and listen to it so I can go deep. Um, I find it works best that way. But I've used it for confidence. At one point, 
I was a very nervous, anxious person suffering from lots of trauma and I've turned my own life around. You know, there's no way I'd have been able to even do this podcast, let alone speak on stages in front of millions of people. Um, and it's all thanks to hypnosis and me building my confidence and getting rid of my anxieties because I had a lot of extreme anxieties. Do you think that bad actors like terrorists could be under a hypnotic spell? Well, <laughs> there is suggestion and there is documents to suggest that the person that shot JFK was under hypnosis and his trigger was a lady in a polka dot dress. So there are, there has been many Mancunian candidates You know, if you look back in time, there are a lot of hypnotists that have been involved with lots of military operations. And yes, yes, it's perfectly possible to hypnotize certain people to the Mm -hmm. point where they will go out and commit murder. Because you never really hear about it in the media, you know. No, you won't. You you really don't. Now, how long... Uh, does the triggers or the commands you give a person last? Uh, does it wear off or, or do they need to be rehypnotized? Again, it varies from case to case, person to person, circumstance to circumstance. It's, for instance, when I've done the, you know, the counting to 10, you know, yeah. one, two, yeah. three, four, five, six, eight, nine, ten. I've done that so many times that I'm in the gym and I'm doing reps and my other half will be like, you only did nine and it's like shit didn't do (laughs) seven and I will be counting out money and I'll miss out the number seven and it's just because I've done it so many times it's in there I have to really consciously remember to do the number seven wow so it's it's something that can last I mean people have anxieties which is it's kind of like self-hypnosis. They have a trigger, which might be a lift. It might be a small space. It might be driving. That's just a trigger uh, that that kind of starts a process that's unconscious, same as hypnosis. I very often unhypnotize people. (laughs) Ah. Now, does, for example, the media... Uh, use hypnotic techniques on the general public, like say to create mass hysteria. And what can people do out there to protect themselves or make themselves aware of what is happening to them through these venues? Absolutely. Media, marketing, it's been using hypnotic techniques for decades now. And they are getting more and more advanced with the help of all this software now that they know the innermost workings of us all, it's easy to use us like puppets. The media use it. Politicians are trained on hypnotic techniques. It's, it's, I, I, a lot of people, a lot of police go into hypnosis because they are at a high level, not police officers, but a high level police are trained in hypnotic techniques. And then go in, they realize how powerful it is, and they go into that kind of avenue afterwards. Um, And what can you do to protect yourself? I don't watch the news. I, you know, very often I'm interviewed on things and people ask me about something that's happening in the media. I'm like, I have no idea because I, everything you hear, everything you see is a hypnotic suggestion. Every time you go, I am, I am ill, I am sick, I am, you know, I am amazing, I am fabulous, it's a suggestion. Every time you hear something on the media, especially if there's emotion involved, fear or any other emotion, it is hypnotic, it is programming you. So I am, we are consumers of content and I am very, very careful of the content I consume. Very careful. So if somebody says to themselves, they wake up in the middle of the night and they go, I don't feel good. Mm -hmm. I feel sick. I feel nauseated Mm -hmm. or whatever. They can actually talk themselves into it. So I had an incident backstage on CBS, uh, the world's best in Hollywood, where 
all my volunteers after I left were violently sick. It wasn't reported on. I think the producer probably gets shot for this. The producers covered it up. But basically, they were all violently sick. I believe that somebody spoke about, somebody will have spoke about being sick. And they they all just followed suit. Because they were hypnotized, they were so much more suggestible. But what happens is, when you say a statement, so if I say to people, this man that you're about to meet is really dodgy, he's a horrible man, he's nasty, you your brain is then looking out for evidence of that. It's what we call confirmation bias. You know, if I say I am stupid, my brain's going to look out for evidence that I'm stupid and it's going to find some evidence that I'm stupid. If I say I am amazing, I am intelligent, my brain's going to look for evidence of that and it's going to find it and it's going to start building up a picture of this. So whatever we say or whatever we hear is planting a seed ready for more evidence to be stacked against it, which is why having positive affirmations, listening to positive things is vitally important. So our brain looks for more of the same. Okay. So in other words, we could self-induce ourselves. Yes. Yes. Okay. Christina, here's a good one for you. If you could go back in time or history, who would you choose to hypnotize? Um, well, my dad was in the rising of Warsaw, so probably Hitler. I'd probably go back. He he was busy hypnotizing everyone else. I'd probably use my skills to hypnotize him. All right. Tell us about the types of conditions you deal with involving your private client base and tell us about the delete method you have created. So I mainly work by deleting negative thoughts. So doesn't sound, you know, it's it's one little thing I do. I delete thoughts, some thoughts. Thoughts are responsible for releasing hormones into our nervous system. So whenever you, that is the whole point of thoughts. When we have a thought, we release hormones to enable us to do the thing. If you make a sandwich, you need to think about making a sandwich, even if it's for a nanosecond, release the hormones to enable you to make the sandwich. What people do with anxiety is they think about the worst case scenario. So if they're thinking about making a sandwich, they'll think I'm going to choke on the sandwich or I'm going to cut my finger off and they will release adrenaline, which makes them feel terrible. So I delete thoughts that create anxiety. I delete thoughts that create procrastination. Um, but then on the other end of the scale, people that are high achievers, I have worked with some of the top CEOs in the world. They have they don't have negative thoughts, but they don't have the scale of thoughts that they need to do the job. They need to upgrade. And it's it's a constant upgrade from anxiety to peak performance. You're just constantly looking at, is this level of thinking going to get me to that stage and if it's not then which it never does there's always an upgrade of thinking involved to get you to that next stage and so that that framework of thinking needs to be put aside needs to be deleted and a new frame of work of thinking needs to be installed so essentially that's what i do so anywhere from anxiety to peak performance with business with athletes or anything else it's a level of thinking that I'm changing because your thinking creates your feelings, your feelings create your behaviors. So our behaviors are not habitual. Our thinking is habitual. So we change the thinking, we change the feeling and the behaviors. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Now you, you have written uh, the book under the influence memoirs of a canine hypnotist and her human, uh, which is you uh, which we referred to in this discussion. Mm-hmm. And you also wrote uh, two other books, uh, Get a Grip on Anxiety, Practical Guide mm-hmm. to Overcoming Anxiety. And I think your latest book, Make It Mindset, How to Believe You Can. Uh, can mm-hmm. you briefly tell us about those last two books you wrote? So the first one was is more just of an ebook. It's just a little bit of a, it's a help for people that have got anxiety to help them understand it more. Um, the make it mindset is kind of about the delay. That wasn't the the most recent is the under the influence 
the, oh, okay. the the make it mindset was one that was written a few years ago um it wasn't written by me it was kind of a transcript of me talking about my delete method so deleting the negative thoughts it kind of takes you through the processes of how we change that framework of thinking because once you believe you can do something you can do it it's like the four minute mile, you know, before anybody else did it, nobody did it. Once someone right. did it, then everybody started being able to do it. And that is the key. If you believe you can do something, you can do it. It's a, That's a huge, huge key is believing you can do something, convincing yourself you can do it. And the book is about how you do that. It sounds like an awesome book. How, Christina, how can people contact you? So you can pretty much search HypnoDog on anything and you'll find me, Facebook or anything else. But um, I have a link tree, I believe, that you're going to be sharing. So Linktree has all my links to YouTube and everything else. I'm on most social media. Um, if you type in HypnoDog or Christina Lennon, K-R-Y-S-T-Y-N-A Lennon, you will be able to find out more about me and what I do and et cetera. Okay, so you do answer people's uh, emails and things like that. Yes, because I, I do have indeed. I have Christina Lennon dot co dot uk. Does that work too? Yep, Christina Lennon dot co dot uk. Yes. Okay, I want to thank you, Christina, for being on the program and sharing all this great information today. It's truly been a pleasure uh, talking you. to you, and I wish you uh, all the best going forward. Thank you so much. Thank you for, for having for me for educating our audience on this. And uh, comments and suggestions to improve the podcast, you can email me at it's a wrap with rap at gmail.com. Uh, our website is it's a wrap with rap.com. Our Facebook group and page is it's a wrap with rap. Uh, thousands in that group. And our Instagram is it's a wrap with rap podcast. Uh, all the episodes are on YouTube. It's a wrap with rap, the podcast uncut. I want to thank everyone for listening. Please stay safe. And for now, it's a wrap.